Blog Talk Radio. the Frontier Beyond Fear. I'm Susan Larison Dans, and today is Saturday, January 6, 2024, and this program airs live every Saturday on Blog Talk Radio at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Welcome, new listeners. You can go to FrontierBeyondFear.com, which I've put up on the show page for more details. And you can also find this show on multiple syndicated platforms, which you'll also see on the FrontierBeyondFear.com website, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms. I appreciate them all, and I appreciate you. Today, I had a really interesting week, and so today... I'm going to talk about this topic that I have visited from time to time, but it's extremely important, and you may not hear this anywhere else, and it is based on observing evidence and logic and my own experience and what I have observed from that experience and what logical conclusions can be made. In this past week, which turned out to be a rather unusual week, um, where um, I actually got um, stuck in my car, and that then led to quite an interesting couple of days waiting um, for a tow truck and just all kinds of things. In the midst of this, I had two dreams this past week of my pets who are on the other side. Not all my pets, but of two of them, the two most recent. Sometimes the pets can morph together of the dogs. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I hadn't really had a dream like this in quite some time. I have had these powerful dreams in the past, and I'm going to talk about one of the most vivid ones that clued me in to some very important aspects of the other side that are logical, and yet we just don't tend to think about it because I think it goes beyond our linear expectations. The dreams I had this past week were beautiful dreams, and when these dreams come, um, they tend to come relatively close to my waking up or if I fall back to sleep. The first dream, I was interacting with my dog. In fact, I included a picture with this show that I actually took 
um, some years before she died. She actually lived longer, but she was having a number of health issues at the time that I took that picture and getting um, really some pretty intense seizures, and I had no idea how much longer she would live. And she often, you know, as dogs do, they come up to you and they're so sweet. And I just snapped a picture, and at the time I intentionally did it so I could capture that essence of her, that moment that I've shared with her so many times, that moment of love, knowing that someday, and at that time I thought relatively soon, but it turned out to be um, actually over four years before she actually transitioned, and I'm going to tell something about that story too. Um, I needed that picture to remind me. It's a blurry picture. It was captured very fast. In fact, it's almost better for the purposes of this program that it is a little bit blurry, although I will tell you in dreams they are as clear as clear can be. And what's so interesting is in both the dreams I had, and in particular the second dream, um, her face was so vivid. It was right in front of me just like that. It was real. I could pet her. I could interact with her. She was excited. She came running to me in the first dream. I was with her as if I was fully in the physical. This was in dream number one, and it's not the first time I've had a dream like this. And often, yes, her face comes up really close to me. Sometimes in this dream, it wasn't this kind of dream where um, I literally think she's at the side of my bed and she's waking me up. That's happened before, too. Um, then I had a second dream the next night during a rather stressful week. My car was out. I, I had gotten stuck and we, I had to leave it and I had to go back to have the tow truck come and the weather was not good and it was cold and um, it was a complicated thing that I was going through and yet on the second night I had another dream and this time it was my cat. In fact, I had often these dreams show up when you comment something um, like I had just thought to myself, you know, the, the cat almost never shows up in my dream. Usually I see the dog. And it's not like these happen every night. They don't. But it's, and it's really unusual to have two together. So vivid. The cat in this dream, it was my cat. The cat who had died um, a, a little bit. This cat, um, she died before the dog. She had kind of an untimely, but as, as it was, she actually died um, during a seizure. Um, you know, seizures can be such um, intense things for pets and um, and for people. And um, actually, there's even a story about that, how my, my training with pets who have had seizures, although I had never been with the cat when it was having a seizure because that cat actually died after going with a significant other to whom it really, or previous significant other to, to whom it, um, the cat actually formally belonged. So I didn't see that cat regularly anymore um, when she died. But, and I have a story about what happened when she died, which was incredible. Um, but um, there are so many statistically improbable things this is when we're talking about synchronicities here surrounding what can happen around our departed pets and here i'm specifically talking about pets 
I have also had a dream of a departed loved one. I had a very powerful dream of my father after he died. But here we're focusing on pets. But yes, we can generalize what I am going to share with you to anyone who passes and to ourselves. And it is a beautiful message. And it is one you rarely hear. Some will contradict and say, oh, no, that's not how it works. Well, you know, sometimes knowledge is superseded. We get different levels of information from the spiritual realm as much as we can um, absorb. And we always need to be open to additional levels of information because um, communication with the spiritual realm is very complicated and it's very, so often we get in the way with our own expectations. And in this case, I scientifically observed um, and had a remarkable realization, which is one of the most beautiful things. I've shared it on the show before. It's been a while. It is one of the most beautiful realizations that you, too, will have once you realize it makes logical sense, and it was um, really indicated to me in a dream the night a previous dog died. But let's just go to the simple dreams. I have found that looking for a dream more than once or commenting, oh, I haven't had a dream, or maybe you've never had a dream of your pet. I It has been my experience that when you are, it doesn't always happen that night, although I do have an example of when it did, but it tends to come when you open up to the experience and you are looking for a dream of your pet. And I have very vivid dreams. These were not lucid dreams. I have had lucid dreams, so I know what those are like. These were kind of semi-lucid Um, And those who have had lucid dreams know the difference. When you are fully lucid, you are totally present in the dream as if in real life, and you are interacting with the dream as yourself. You are fully conscious within the dream space. This was more, I call it semi-lucid, because you're kind of almost to that point, but you're having a full experience in the dream. So it's almost lucid. It's really close. Um, There are degrees, and in these dreams, both of them, I could feel everything. I was stroking the the, the pets, the the cat stretched out in front of me on the ground, Um, kind of unusual. Actually, she was much more interactive than a lot of times that she was in real life, and she, uh, you know, I was stroking her fur, and she was just right there, and then the dog showed up again the second night in the row, and the dog let me see her face. And for a minute, I thought, gosh, is it this dog and the one before? Um, Because there's something around that too, I have to tell you. And I've seen this phenomenon in dreams too. But I realized it was a clearer version of the picture that I included with this show today. But she was as close as that. And she was just looking right at me. I mean, she was right there. And I could hug her. I could talk to her. She could run around. It was wonderful. I hope for all of you that you can have a dream like this. And I'm sure some of you listening have had dreams like this. You know, um, some years ago, 
when the dog before, in fact, it was a number of years ago because I was fortunate that these dogs lived relatively long, the dog before my last dog, and I'm currently without a pet right now, um, and that's significant because of what I'm going to tell you about this other dog. Um, she, The dog before was dying of cancer, and there came a day when I had to, to let her go. She, um, It was just time. She couldn't eat that day, and she, she it was time. And so, um, and in both cases, um, you know, in all these cases, these pets made it to the vet, although I wasn't with the cat when the cat died, just because of what I noted before. Um, but she was on the way to the vet. I think she actually died. In fact, I know she died before she got to the vet. That's right. Because um, she was with my previous significant other, and he was trying to get her to the vet, and she had a seizure in the car, and he stopped the car on the side of the highway. He described this to me, and she died right there in his arms. But um, the other dog the, that was before my current dog, um, when she died, and and I had, yes, I did need to bring her in, to let her go to relieve her of her suffering and she had an easy transition and I was with her I had never been with a pet before the um, this had been my first dog as an individual person as opposed to a family dog and I wasn't there when when the family dogs died in different ways um, although they too were all were were brought well two of them were brought in um, and um, not one of these pets actually, you know, died like getting hit by a car or something like that. Um, they all had lived a, a long life relatively and were ill, and eventually it was time that we had to let them go. But the pet before, when she died, I was reading, and I had heard, this was around the time where I was awakening to a number of spiritual things, which was a process. Some of it happened very dramatically. Some of it was a process, and um, and that's how it can be for all of us, really. For any one of us, we can go back and say it was a process all of our lives. Um, but um, when she died, I had read that you can have a dream, and I really wanted to have a dream because I had read about people having dreams the night that the pet died. And so when I went to sleep that night grieving, um, I, I asked for a dream. And then I woke up. It was about 3.30. to uh, I went back to sleep about 4 a.m. or so. And I remember being kind of upset. I, you know, I haven't had a dream. I hope I have a dream. And that night before I had gone to bed, I had discovered um, the Rainbow Bridge site, um, and or at least, yes, I'm quite certain that was at that time already active. I was on a pet loss site, and I was reading about different experiences that people had had with their pets, and some of this was actually relatively new to me at the time. In fact, I think, quite, I think that may have been the first time I ever heard of that, um, but I wasn't really thinking about the Rainbow Bridge facility specifically just that I was on a pet loss site and people um, had shared a lot of their experiences and I was processing my own grief. So I asked for a dream and it hadn't come and then I went back to sleep and the dream came. And at that time, um, the dog who had died that day 
came to me, and she jumped up on the bed. She was well in the dream, and she laid between me and um, my former husband at the time, and this dog was not allowed on the bed. Um, the, the next dog um, generally wasn't up on the bed but could sometimes jump up there. But this one, it was really unusual, and and the whole time during this dream, my um, it was just me, um, and the dog was between me and my ex-husband, and he was totally asleep, um, and he is not um, really spiritually inclined, um, and, um, well, I'm not going to project too much, but this is a you know, very scientifically, materialistically oriented person for the most part, um, and just stayed asleep through this whole dream, um, and the dog was interacting with me and let me pet her and um I was holding her right there like she was right there with me it was semi lucid and then this is a really remarkable dream that occurred um that and I'm trying to I'm probably not it's been so many years I'm not going to say it all I've actually written about this dream when Oprah's dog died I wrote about this dream on the Oprah website where I was bridge builder, um, quite an active and trending, often number one um, spiritual writer on her site. Um, And so some of these posts were extremely visible. um, And I was writing in those days as bridge builder. And the the night or the day that her dog died, I actually shared um, some of this dream there. But that site, you can no longer read those posts. But I saved it. Anyway, I've saved it in different ways. So what happened is light appeared in the dream behind um, the shades of my window. And, you know, now it's kind of all morphing together. Were they curtains? Were they shades? But there was a bright light that appeared and um, in the dream. And a voice called my dog. And she got off the bed and ran into the out of view towards the light i never saw the light at its full intensity and um then all of a sudden she comes bounding back and i hear this voice laughing laughing in the light like ah you want to go back don't you and she did and she came to me again and I, she wanted me to see her face very clearly. In fact, it's kind of interesting that I show a face as the picture here um, for this show because she, when she had cancer, it started um, in her mouth and it kind of went into her nasal cavity. And so she had swelling. Um, her face had swol- had been swollen, although she, you know, for a long time she was doing relatively okay. It's so hard with, with pets that are ill you know, when is the time to let them go? And a lot of times we feel like we wait too long or sometimes we feel like it happened too fast. It's a very difficult decision, but no dog or person or anybody else ever crosses too soon or too late, even though, yes, of course, we want to make this decision very mindfully and heartfully. Um, But it's always hard looking back on that, I guess I'm saying. So anyway, her face was beautiful. It was healed. 
And then she started showing me the dream started morphing. Um, again, I'm probably saying it a little inexact because this part of the dream was more mystical and symbolic. Um, there were these spring flowers that started growing like out of, I believe it was her stomach as I remember. And then I was shown I was holding a puppy, except the puppy was actually the puppy that I held when I was five years old or five to six or so when we got um, my first family dog, and it looked just like that puppy. And then there was something about this other dog that I had had when I was young. And there was something attempting to be conveyed about how these lives are connected to one another. So it was a beautiful dream, and at the time I had become connected to people in the spiritual community locally, and I told the dream to a friend, and we were talking about, like, who was the voice? Like, was it the voice of this teenager who had died recently in our neighborhood? Maybe it was her. And, you know, that just, I didn't know. I didn't really didn't know her very well. She wasn't, you know, right next door. I mean, I knew her mother, um, and maybe I would see her sometimes. But, I mean, I just, I wasn't so sure that. I didn't know who the voice was at first. And then, in fact, as I hear my voice now, um, or how, as I've heard it on the radio, it dawned on me, and this was actually some years later, um, it was my voice. In fact, as I speak now, I am utterly convinced it was my voice. And now I'm going to share with you the secret, the thing that I believe is being revealed. And I know that many don't speak of this, but this is logical when you think about nonlinear time. And it really came out of the evidence from that dream, this aha, eureka moment, what this was attempting to convey. There is no linear time on the other side, not in the way that we think. When your dog or your cat crosses over, one of the most difficult things, and this, is, this generalizes to people, one of the most difficult things is you're worried that they're going to feel lost at first. Like, where am I going? And you're not going to be with them. And they love you. They want to be with you. Yes, of course, you know, maybe a previously departed person, again, that implies linear time, we project and it can influence how we interact, how we deal with our spiritual lives. We project things and we project expectations and we have to release those because a lot of times we are given experiences that make us feel comfortable. But when the time comes, and I believe this is true of NDEs as well, you are given an experience, at least at first, that you're going to feel comfortable with that isn't 
that that helps you make the transition. We haven't talked to people here on this side, except for those who, you know, maybe have had um, other kinds of experiences, like what I'm telling right now, where I believe that I saw something important about the other side. There are no boundaries of linear time on the other side. So, of course, it was my voice. Who would my dog want to see? Who would my dog want to cross over with? This doesn't mean that I suddenly, you know, remember, it has nothing to do with my life now. This is nonlinear. This was me technically in the future after someday, whenever I do transition. I was quite young, although my voice kind of sounds young in the dream, but clearly I was very energetic. Um, and I was with my dog, which is what she would want. And why wouldn't she get that? Why wouldn't the whole family be with her? Everybody she ever loved. This is the secret. This is the key, and I am going to speak about this boldly from now on because I'm about to enter a new realm in this life. I'm going to be speaking at a major event coming up, and it is very important to convey this information that has been provided. We have to release our expectations of the other side in the sense that they're over there, you'll be made to feel comfortable, whatever you can deal with. And nonlinear time is a kind of a difficult concept for us. It's not difficult if you really think about it logically. It's a wonderful thing. Your dog, your cat, any pet whatsoever, a child, nobody's alone. They will not miss you. You're there. You miss nobody. Everybody is there. Everybody who will ever live is there at some point. It is nonlinear. Your pet is with you. Your pet crosses with you. Your pet may be helping you cross. This is even better than the Rainbow Bridge. There's no pet that has to wait for you necessarily. I mean, if that's the experience you would like to have and expect to have and you want to be gifted with that, and spirit knows that's going to help you, well, then maybe that's your experience. But logically, nonlinearly, you can be with anybody at any time crossing. You can be with someone from the beginning of time. You can be with historic figures. You can be with previous lives. And let's talk about lives of pets. This show is going to continue. I know the live show is going down. If you're, um, those of you who are listening live on Blog Talk Radio. Um, you can dial in now if you want to hear the rest of the show live. That number is 310-807-5104. But the live stream, you can't hear live um, on the Internet, but you can hear it soon after. I don't know how long this will go, but I'm, I'm really kind of in the passion of just how important this information is. And it needs to be conveyed, and it's logical. And believe me, if it's not something you feel that resonates with your own experience or what you've heard, it's just it's new information. 
And I do believe that we are given, um, you know, what we are able or what we what we are able to to comprehend. Um, and for me, I do tend to think nonlinearly, and I didn't get it right away. But over time, because I've had a lot of powerful spiritual experiences in the past and um, had, um, you know, that experience after I had that dream that made it more clear. There are no boundaries of linear time on the other side. We assume that the only people over there are those who have linearly left on our side. Well, that's a certain perspective now, isn't it? Because over there, there are no such boundaries. Of course we can be together. Nobody's waiting over there. There isn't a waiting. That doesn't have to happen. That's a projection from our side. And yes, you can have dreams. Um, you can also have visionary experiences, but dreams are much more simple. I know the live show's going down. Quick note, FrontierBeyondFear.com. You'll also find the syndicates there. I'm glad to have you here. I know a number of you are new or are coming from the future. I always think nonlinearly because I'm going to be speaking in San Francisco soon um, in just a few months, and I have multiple events, and it's just a whole new chapter. I'm going back to speaking. I used to write and speak very visibly, and that's happening again in my life. I'm moving back into that, which is wonderful. It's time. So anyway, what about how these pets return to us? That first dream seemed to convey a connection between my dogs. Well, I will tell you that after really quite a short interval, and boy, this is another nonlinear thing about souls I'm about to tell you, um, especially related to pets, um, but it also has to do with walk-ins, that concept, because I believe I saw evidence of this. Um, and I've actually seen evidence of this in studying um, one of my pursuits since then has been studying um, evidence of past lives, of circles of people, and there are a lot of things that can happen. There can be walk-ins, walk-outs, and you can see the evidence of this, photographic evidence, circles of people whose lives match current lives. I mean, there's just so much. It's time. It's time to open up and talk about some of these things. I've talked about them before at times, even on the Oprah Forum. But now is the time, once again, and more so. So with dogs, I know many of you can probably attest to having a dog or a pet, a cat or a dog return to you. And you are just certain. I mean, there are things, and I had this experience. Okay, what happened? So first the dream kind of conveyed that, that these dogs are linked together somehow. It didn't say that absolutely, but there was a hint. Not long after that dog died, this was the original dream, um, the one with the light and my voice across the veil. Um, I had a, a, my son was young at that time, and um, he um, 
was asked to write a report about a pet at the absolutely wrong time, his current pet. And sure, he could have written about the dog that died, I suppose, but it was about a current pet. So we went to the pet store to get a fish. And he was very young. I'm trying to think. How old? I mean, he might have been in first grade. If they were writing, pretty sure it must have been first grade. Um, I'm losing track of the years as to exactly what year it was. But very young, you know, young elementary where they would be writing a report. So maybe second. Could have been second grade. Um, nah, I suppose it could have been third, but I think he was younger than that. So anyway, I just that's just between me and time, you know, trying to remember exactly when to place this. Um, and I could look. I didn't look. I don't. I didn't need to prepare for this show and say, okay, what exact year was that? He was young, very young, and he was given. He was missing the dog too, and he was given an assignment. And we go to the pet store, and. He was old enough, yeah, he couldn't have been too young because he was old enough to run to the back of the store himself without me totally panicking. So I bet it was about third grade. And, um, you know, and so he he ran to the back of the store, which was not that far, and I was behind him. I mean, I didn't just let, let him wander everywhere. He wasn't that old. I was a pretty protective parent. Um, but he... He, they had the adopted the pets up for adoption there that day in the back of the store, and sure enough, there was this litter of puppies. So the the old joke of a mother, you know, we went to get a fish and we came home with a puppy, which is what happened, because he was holding one puppy, but this other little boy was holding another puppy that my son really wanted, and he eventually the other little boy didn't didn't their their family didn't get the other puppy and my brother or my um my son got the the puppy that he wanted and um we we decided um as a family we were we were all there that we're going to bring this dog home we were convinced um that and it was too soon i thought and that's the interesting thing about this this is where it comes this is the walk-in lesson because this pet this dog um, the amazing thing about her, and when I brought her to the vet, I mean, they the, the techs literally called the other techs to look at this dog because it it had the same eyes as the dog who had just died, and it looked like her in so many ways. I mean, it wasn't exactly the same breed. We had some information, but it was remarkable. And it was so remarkable. I mean, they would have thought I searched all over town or online for a pet that that looked like the other dog. No, no, my son ran in the back, and there it was. <laughs> so what happened? Because this dog was born before the other one died. That's where I believe we saw evidence of a walk-in. Um, I think there are so many things we don't know about souls as to when a soul and of a pet, I believe they have souls. Of course they do. They're the most loving things imaginable. They, they, of course, they may be a little bit different than us, but of course they do, our beloved pets. And then over time, this pet started to show, like she didn't want to go in the basement, and it was so interesting because that connected her this this dog had trouble with stairs and didn't like going down into the basement, 
Well, the other dog, because at the end, it was kind of messy. I mean, she had cancer, and she wasn't, like, bleeding out all over. But um, because it was in her nasal um, cavity, not to get too graphic, it was – I had to do a lot of cleanup. And so the only place she could be and um, towards the end was the basement. And, you know, she wasn't just – kept down there we we would go and see her and things and she would rest she would settle down well this new dog probably she didn't she wanted to be with us but it was it was too complicated also in that home the basement went straight out to the garage so there were no stairs needed once she was down there and there was a way to get around to that entrance um, it was kind of semi walkout Um, she didn't have to go up the stairs or down at all um, so it just worked at the end that she needed to be down there. Well, obviously, she probably didn't really like that very much, and honestly, if I had to do it again, I think I would do it differently, try to figure out a way, but it was complicated because um, because of just how that was that time. Well, this other dog didn't want to go down there. Not only that, the dog that I had been shown before in the dream died falling down the stairs. <laughs> I mean, she didn't die right that moment, but that was the the thing that led to her needing to be brought in um, by my parents at the time. To um, they had to let her go, and I know there were doubts on that one. Was it too early, or you know, everybody? Oh, this comes up so much. So, in any case, there were these connections. There were these strange synchronicities. Did they prove anything 100%? No, but they were odd. And to this day, I do believe, I mean, it's a belief that they return to us. They may not always return, but they certainly can. And I also believe that they return to us from other lives that we've had too, that we may have a loyal pet friend who's been with us much longer than we realize. Um, what else was I going to share in this show? Synchronicities. Oh, yes. The cat. Let's go back to when the cat died. The cat was not with me when she died, but it, there was a windy day that day. And and when she died, um, the fence, one that she had tried to climb to get out, this was an indoor cat, and we lived in a rural, semi-rural area. There was open country right near us. And um, cats, there were a lot of coyotes and other things, even bobcats and mountain lions potentially, but mostly coyotes. And it wasn't really safe for for cats to wander around. And she was more comfortable as an indoor cat, although we did eventually have a plant. She never climbed that fence out. We had a tall fence, and she figured out a way, um, though, kind of to, to get up a tree. I mean... Uh, kind of complicated, but generally she would stay in the yard. So there was a time, in fact, I think we let her do that until she she eventually figured out how to get over that fence by going between these two trunks of this, this not totally mature tree, and these cats are smart, and she thankfully she came back and everything was okay. But I was quite protective of her. And um, so anyway, when she died, and I wasn't with um, her when she did. It was a very windy day, and a gust of wind blew um, the fence down near right where she had escaped. 
um, that one day. That's right. Now I'm remembering it more exactly. That was synchronicity number one. Synchronicity number two is really incredible. This happened um, a little bit later, not very long after she died. I needed to move some things. Um, there was an extra nightstand that I had. I had a pretty big bedroom then, and it had like a little um, had a little love seat in there with a second. Um, actually, there were three nightstands in that place. So anyway, there was this third nightstand, and for whatever reason, I was clearing space. And this wasn't very long after she died, and right there um, was a feather. From a feather duster, it was blue, that my cat had loved. She had loved to play. You know, we'd play with her with the feather duster. It was one of her favorite toys. And what was laying near the feather? It was a note. And I picked up the note like a piece of note paper because, you know, I'm one. I still do it. I have them around me now. I write notes of, you know, show, show today. I have a standing show note to remind me that I have a show to do today or, you know, whatever appointment I have coming. I don't use technology for that. I like notes. I want to I work the old school way. I prefer it, and that was true then. And I, so I pick up this note, and I look at it, and on one um, side so said something about a manicure, and then there was another time, and I, all, I must have gasped. It was the note that I wrote the day that she was coming to our house originally as a kitten. That note had somehow ended up under the nightstand that I moved next to her favorite little blue feather. The, and you, do you know how many notes in a week, even now that I write? I probably at that time in a given week would have around me for various activities, especially when, you know, my son was involved and stuff and I had to pick him up. It's, I mean, oh, my gosh, I must have, you know, I could easily have even five notes on a given day. And here was a note from many years before, the note that I wrote when she arrived at the house. And the manicure was a total clue because I didn't really used to do that much. And the, the note was clearly, this was the note that I wrote, just the casual note that I didn't even know I had saved that fell under this nightstand somehow, and I was meant to see it. And it was her reaching out to me in a synchronicity. That's the part of this show about synchronicities. This can happen with people all the time. We are not alone. We are never apart from our beloved pets and people. There can be all kinds of cool, meaningful synchronicities, meaningful coincidences that you can hardly explain that are just so akin to impossible, and yet they happen. You can have dreams. Oh, yes, there's a visionary realm too, but I always tell people to be to treat that with great respect. Having had some experiences in that way, um, I don't choose to, to be in that space. Now, I don't know if I could even simulate it. If I, well, I'm sure you could, but I don't go there. Um, dreams are enough for most of I believe you can do just about anything in the dream realm, including lucid dreams. Um, but, yes, 
there is a lot of information, and I've certainly experienced this, that will can be conveyed and is conveyed in the visionary as well. But it is, it's an experience that our culture is not really well trained to deal with. Other cultures, and there are some that are on the earth today, yes, I should say my culture, although that's not totally true because I am the granddaughter of an evangelical healing minister who had many visions and visionary experiences and encouraged that in his church, and miraculous healings occurred. So there are cultures within our society like that, but I didn't grow up within that tradition. So for me, that was um, you know, not something that, that I would go to church and, and just experience this all the time, nor was I in a culture where you know, there was a shaman and um, that person was helping you know, everyone go on a vision quest when it was their time. I mean, that was not my cultural experience, and yet I was um, through a quite intricate um, physical kind of a bunch of things that happened at once put me in a state for a time where I could have that experience, which was not for the faint of heart. And yes, there was information, and I wouldn't be here if not for what happened to me. I would not be in the spiritual community speaking as I do, if not for my dramatic awakening. But there are many ways that we can connect to the spiritual realm. And our task is to listen closely and to be careful. I have written about prophecy. I have this long-term project I've spoken to. It's been a while. The Prophetess Legacy. And part of that project is about what we project on what we see whether in the visionary realm or what other people who have had visions project, even what gets projected into an NDE. And we don't fully understand NDEs um, because a lot of things happen, I believe there is evidence, to make when you're transitioning, and you don't fully transition when you have an NDE, obviously you're coming back or it wouldn't be an NDE, Things happen to meet with your expectations. I do believe there is evidence of that. Not to say some things can't happen that you don't expect, and I know people have described that too, but we don't fully understand that realm is what I'm telling you. And we rapidly claim that we do. We have to be careful what we project onto our experiences. And not everything we hear in those higher realms is necessarily true or accurate because things can get skewed by fear. Fear is one of the most rapid ways to be skewed off into some kind of fantasy that isn't really accurate information. So, in fact, the frontier beyond fear grew out of my awareness of that that I developed having experienced that. You could see how fear skews the experience or projections from the past. 
people may see some things that are accurate, but they only know how to describe it based on their own context. So whatever their current beliefs are, they will project onto that experience. But there are also things that can come that are simply um, they're, they're echoes or they're not exactly accurate. You can't just take everything you hear and say all of this is true. I can guarantee that. Um, and it takes real discernment and spiritual maturity, emotional maturity. It can take years to come to terms with this. Um, and so this, this presence of nonlinear time, let's return to that. This is such an important truth. I do believe it is a truth. I believe that it's logical, and I think it stands up to scrutiny. I do believe that there was evidence given to me of this that I then interpreted. It is certainly a very logical theory, and in many ways more logical than alternative theories that suggest there are boundaries of linear time. I think that we can, when we're ready, begin to accept that yes, I saw it, I heard, I didn't see it, I heard it. That was me playing with my dog, and I'm still here. <laughs> but someday, on this side of the veil, I'm not going to be here. And for her, there was no time. Who was there? Exactly me, who she wanted to be with, and anyone else who wanted to be with her. Other family members, other pets. There's another one. You think that your pets are separated, right? One is here and one is there? Well, first of all, we don't know what pets dream. They probably dream of one another. Was she missing the cat? The cat wasn't there yet, right, in this physical realm. They were close, my dog and cat. I almost posted a, a picture of them together. In fact, soon when that cat was a kitten, very soon after I wrote that note, and um, she was with the cat, too, because that cat, in a spiritual, nonlinear sense, is not limited on the other side. So as far as the dog was concerned on the other side, she was with every loved one she'd ever wanted to be with. Now, we can talk about what is her consciousness like on the other side. I mean, these are very profound, mystical issues. Is she, have, is she smarter? Does she have more awareness? Does she feel fully like we will? I believe this is progressive, too, or that we are inseparable from love itself, from the omnipresent divine. Does she have the experience where she's like a, you know, I, I had a, someone on this show many years ago more than once, David Bennett, described you know, becoming light, like there were all these lights and he was going with the other lights to this greater light. Um, I do believe, well, there's only so much I can put in one show, but I do think that who we are in a given life, and I believe this is true of animals too, is important. We don't just get lost in the ocean. We continue in a sense we may have a greater awareness, but we continue. We are so beloved. We are like a ray of light, a current life 
is a ray of light that deserves preservation, not just throwing away. You don't just get lost in the ocean. It is an ego. That is such a cold truth. I used to talk about that on um, on the Oprah Forum because it was during the time of the A New Earth um, webcast, and I questioned that because there's a lot of talk about how your current story, ah, it's just ego, just throw it away. No. You are beloved. Your story matters. That's why you're here, being this aspect of creation, creating who you are in this beautiful life, having these challenging experiences like getting stuck like I did in the last couple of days, even while I was having these dreams and having to leave my car somewhere where I thought, oh, you know, am I ever going to see this? Well, they wouldn't have been able to start it, I can tell you that, but... You know, what's going to Even someone told me they didn't know what would happen. You know, it might not be safe. Well, I didn't have a choice. So these challenges we have, I know a lot of people, I mean, I'm experiencing it too. So many of us, you know, who have made choices to be in alternative spiritual lifestyles. We're not in the traditional corporate world anymore. We, we are, you know, in my case, I also chose to be a, a work-at-home mom where I worked part-time, but I was at home. You know, I just heard the other day that that is no longer something that you should talk about, like it's taboo. Well, let me explain to those of you who think that's not a possible life for you. It's a wonderful life, and you can combine things, and you can even do volunteer work. You have to do you. You have to be who you are. Don't let somebody else tell you who to be. Do what feels right to you. I didn't know for sure I'd want to do that. So anyway... Who we are matters. All the different experiences that lead us to different choices. And yes, a lot of us are having more challenges these days. I mean, all the prices are higher, rents, mortgages, everything. You know, that isn't some fantasy. That isn't just some um, projection. I mean, people need to be realistic. And it's really a lacking in empathy when people aren't. Because I know many people who are struggling because prices are higher. Be realistic. Be empathic. Don't just deny people their authentic experience. That will not serve well in any possible context. I digress. But I can't know. What exactly? I don't choose to project what the other side is like. And I also believe that it's very easy to project interpretations on things that we see or hear. And we have to have an open mind as to what it will really be. But what I do know is there is absolutely no logical reason that it would be bound by linear time. And yet that is the expectation that, hey, I'll put my hand up. I thought so too. I didn't used to think about this. That we project onto it. And we seem to get our expectation because that's what we project. 
or maybe we're just not ready yet to see it more broadly. We can be ready. We can understand this. It's a beautiful concept and a logical one. I hope that this has been a gift for you today and to those of you listening in the future because your energy is with me now as if you were here right in this moment because you are in this moment with me. There are no boundaries. There is so much to talk about. What is expanded consciousness? What are we capable of knowing and being? On other planets too, those that progress spiritually, it doesn't matter when they lived or where. They can be conscious of us because they can break through the boundaries because of their own development, which we are also capable of, but it will take time. But, you know, some of us are a little more spiritually inclined than others, and we have um, really an obligation to humanity to nurture our spiritual gifts. I will leave you, those of you who are listening rather close to this time, I probably should have put this in the live show, but that's okay because some of you could be listening, you could be listening way in the future. I have no idea who you are, where you are. Welcome. You're with me. Could be a descendant. Could be anyone, a relative listening to my voice after I'm not here on this planet. I'm here right now and I'm thinking about you. I will be speaking soon. I am going to be at the New Living Expo in the San Francisco area in April. I will be giving a free lecture on Friday night, April 19th. Those of you who maybe have heard this show for a while and would finally like to meet me, I will be doing other appearances after this. I've made that decision. But this is your opportunity. If you're going to the New Living Expo or would like to, what's so beautiful about it is it is Earth Day weekend, and this expo is right next to Muir Woods, one of the most beautiful places on Earth, because it's in San Rafael. And there is, even if you don't have transportation, if you're flying in, there is a train that you can easily take for about 10 minutes, then take a little shuttle bus, and you will be in the most beautiful old-growth forest on Earth Day. That's where I intend to be on Earth Day, by the way. But before that, on Friday, April 19th, I will be giving a free lecture at 7 p.m. And that's free with Expo admission. Not a huge room. It's less than 100 people. But you are welcome to come. I'd love to see you there. The next day on Saturday, April 20th, I will be doing a paid event with my longtime friend, Jean Manning. Both of us together, I will be talking. On both of these events, I'll be talking about intuition and AI. But really, it's not going to be a highly technical computer science talk. This is going to be about, about our 
spiritual abilities and nurturing our abilities and valuing who we are as human beings and souls. And don't allow that to be taken away from us. And don't allow yourself to think that you're inferior technically in some way. We are intuitive human beings. We can jump in an instant and be led to something that um, a computer could never find. Or maybe through brute force, eventually. So I'll be giving a paid event. on, And it's cheap. It's not bad. $28, that's it. There are VIP tickets, which give you more um, more things at the expo. Um, you have more. I don't know. All the, I'll, I'll explain this better next time. But there are two types of tickets. But the entry-level fee is $28 with a, you have to pay to go to the expo. And that's a 90-minute event. And it will be the latest. Some of these times may change a little. Is It's at 5 p.m. on Saturday, April 20th. And that's in a bigger room. I also believe that may be put on video, so you'll have the opportunity to purchase it later, or at least a package later, which last year was quite reasonably priced. The next day, this is currently at 5 p.m. on Sunday, April 21st, I am moderating a panel on these topics. In fact, a lot of this is going to come up. And we've got some really cool scientists on this panel. The panel is called Breakthrough Science, Freeing the Truth to Save the Earth. It's a rather bold title, I know, because how do we save the earth? By being who we are instead of pretending to be these materially limited um I don't even know if I would call it beings. <laughs> I mean, but in, in, instead of embracing only our limitations, instead of seeing who we are. And there are going to be scientists exploring all kinds of interesting things. I've got one from the Institute of Noetic Sciences, and another is from um, the California Institute of Integral Studies, a professor, um, really inspirational people. And um, this is being co-facilitated with my friend Jean Manning, even though I'm moderating. I gave her the opportunity to if she wanted to moderate, but she, I really, she probably would be good to be on the panel because she's going to talk about alternative energy, um, like really leading edge stuff um, that is way beyond. Yeah, well, not it's all old stuff too. And our talk will talk about this too, like what Tesla, Nikola Tesla, discovered. And what other scientists today are investigating, opening the door to true innovation. I personally, and I will be honest about this, believe that species such as our own, because I always think beyond just the earth, and I just made the decision today, um, interestingly enough, I am about, although I've done this before, I think I put my name on the site. I'm not sure. I am the owner of ufodisclose.com, and that site is being repurposed to talk about higher consciousness, um, how important it is to have spirituality in the conversation. But part of our panel will include Daniel Sheehan, which is a, he's a big, big UAP um, figure. In fact, he was even in Washington, D.C., at the hearings to talk about this. He's going to be a part of this panel. 
And I'll tell you more about it. You can already see information is kind of partial right now. It's growing. It's going to get better in just a few days. You'll have all the information, more of it anyway. Um, it's on the New Living Expo site. You can just look that up. I believe it's newlivingexpo.com. I'm going to be putting it on my um, site. It's actually already up on my mothershipton.com site. If you want to go over there, I have an event schedule over there, so I went ahead and put it up. Um, so you can go directly. And I think I've said enough for today. So it's a very exciting time. I'm going to finally be opening up today. It was so clear that it was time, and I've done it before. I mean, I have been so blessed that my writing was featured on the front page of the Oprah website multiple times. I mean, that's such a rare thing, and I was so amazed when it happened. And other times I've been on you know, much bigger radio shows than this, originating out of Portland. I've been at UFO events. I've been on a panel. I've been live on radio, even on Premier Radio Network, on Sirius XM, all of it. It feel, feels like forever ago. But it all happened, and now it is all coming full circle, and it is happening again. Because this information needs to come out, and my life is getting into a point where it's possible for this now to happen. And yes, you know, all of us are still kind of emerging from the COVID era. I'm also emerging from other things, you know, in my life. I'm having, you know, various responsibilities, and, um, you know, and I still have them, but um, it's the time. I hope that you will listen to your calling. And that you will open up to what's possible for you. I will tell you that for this to happen for me, I had to ask for it. I had to be bold enough when an opportunity came up to sit because I have this experience. I have a master's degree in computer science. I have a degree in mathematics. I worked in early AI synchronistically in the same lab as Greg Braden, which is so Beyond the possibility, just because my father knew the boss that I was an intern, I didn't know him. But yeah, only about 50 people worked in that office. Synchronicity. That is an inspiration to me, telling me there are no limits. But I'm going to be me, and you're going to hear who I am, what I've seen, progressively, no doubt, because I've seen a lot, what I've researched and what I continue to research as a scientist who is also highly spiritual and whose life has been filled with synchronicity. And it's time for the next step. And as you can hear, I'm very excited about it. Ask me. There's no better way. I appreciate those of you who have been with me on this journey. It's only going to get better. I hope I can meet you soon. If not at this event, there will be others. I do expect to be doing other interviews to everything. Lots of stuff is coming up. And I'm going to be putting out new websites that I've owned for a while, getting the information out that I'd like to get out. And there's just going to be a lot of stuff, I mean, new right ways to write, uh, new ways to share. Um, it's time. I hope it's time for you. Open up. Be bold. Ask for something. 
Don't belittle yourself and don't allow anybody else to belittle you. You know who you are. You are an empowered, beautiful soul. Don't let others project their own issues onto you. That happens a lot. Be you and own who you are and claim your empowerment. You're worthy of that. You have something you need to do. What is it? You know. Listen. You know. Perhaps you've known for years. Or perhaps you had a hint of it and you knew you needed to do something with this and you didn't know how. We all have that to some degree. Now is the time We do need to save the earth. And how do we save the earth? How do we save one another? How do we build bridges to one another? How do we bring the love into this world that's already here? But remind people it's here. How do we find the frontier beyond fear? How do you find what you would label for you? That's my domain that I labeled, although I think it applies. No, we're not going to do it perfectly. Was I not afraid or upset? Or We all have our human moments. We're human. That's why we're here. We wouldn't bother to be here if we weren't going to be human. But I tell you, we can live in a better way when we're conscious of it. What is it you are called to do. I appreciate callers who may be on the line. I don't take calls right now. I may start at some point. I'm looking at this show as to what to do. This one's at the end. I appreciate you listening. Um, I'm not sure how this show is going to evolve. I've done many, many interviews on this show. I just haven't done them recently. Um, And it's because I really spend a lot of time with the books and then you get pressured that you have to do this one or that one and maybe you don't want to. And, you know, there's so many of those things in life. And there's a lot of freedom right now, but I don't know yet where everything is going. I do know I'm going to be on video soon, so that'll be new. And I'm going to do a lot more with that. So thank you for being here. There is more to come, and what more is to come for you? I will be at a booth at that expo, and I'd be happy to talk to any of you. One of the things I've done for years is I have coached people. I have coached some of some very high-end authors and assisted, um, even New York Times best-selling authors or popular authors, and I don't always claim it as I should because that's exactly what it is. I've provided advice. And I'm happy to talk with people at my booth, which will be booth 25 um, at the expo. So you'll get more information on all of that. I hope to see you there. But if not there, at a future event. We'll see what happens. Take care, everyone. Thank you for being here. I've had fun doing this show today. Wow, it went way over. But that's okay. Be in your passion. You can feel mine. And I'm claiming my power. No one's taking it anymore. I'll tell you that. I'm tired of that kind of thing.
I claim it now. I claim who I am. I do not allow disempowering energies to be projected onto me. That's a good thing to claim because a lot of people will do that. Be who you are. Don't let someone keep you in a little box. That's their perception. It's not yours. You know you know who you are and you know what you're capable of. And even when you don't, you know you're capable of more than those who would choose to belittle you. There can be no belittling of a soul on this planet who is inseparable from the omnipresent divine. And that is you and that is me. And wouldn't it be beautiful if we could all celebrate one another in the absolute development of our passions and our strengths and our talents? That's how we save the planet. That's how we save one another. That's how we save ourselves. Even that word save, sometimes I wonder about it. It doesn't mean necessarily what it implies, a rescue. Though it can be, but it's a word that I've used in this particular event. Actually, it wasn't. Yeah, I guess that one did come from me. I am co-facilitating this um, panel that has that word in it, but I did come up with the title. That's true. So anyway... Be who you are. Step into who you can be. You go to my Facebook page right now, and you can get to it from FrontierBeyondFear.com. I think. Let's see. That's the Frontier Beyond. Anyway, just search for Susan Laris and Dan's on Facebook, and you'll find it. And on my cover image right now, there's there's a staircase that's kind of obscured by snow, and there's a wonderful quote from the Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr., about stepping up a staircase, which I would imperfectly say if I were to say it now. I'll let you go there and read it because it's on the cover image. Feel free to friend me there. I welcome you. Also, follow Frontier Beyond Fear. I'm going to be putting more content out there. I'm going to be more active on Instagram as well. And on YouTube, that's coming next. Lots going to... I'm very excited. So, all right. Take care, everyone. Thank you for being here. I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.